I did do like a YOLO orgasm workshop in Wonderfruit. And there were so many people, there was like 150 people spilling out of the tents. And they kept coming in because of the name of the, the session, I believe. And there were so many people and I couldn't like describe to them like how, what and how and what I was describing. And so I basically took this freaking big ass bolster and I took it over and I was like, imagine this as a clit <laughs> and then this as a finger. <laughs> and I was like, how many quadrants are on this? Where do you think is the most sensitive? And people were laughing. Welcome to the Location Independent Startup Show. Here we discuss business, lifestyle design, personal development, and much more with some very special guests and experts who have been there and done that. Learn how to live life on your terms with me as your host, British entrepreneur and investor, John Cavendish. So welcome back to the Location Independent Startup Show. Um, in the episode today, we have Ying Han with us. Uh, Ying Han is a really good friend of mine. Uh, after 15 years healing, from a battle with disease. Uh, Ying Han has distilled the most important learnings, combined it with multidisciplinary trainings and tools into a best-selling You Only Live Once book. And now with her team, she puts that supports thousands of leaders, change makers, and impact-driven entrepreneurs to build sustainable careers and businesses so they can contribute at their highest level. She supports holistic transformation through strategy, personal growth, and practical spirituality. And she's an awesome person. Hello, Ying Han. Hi, so good to be here. Uh, so yeah, me and Ying Han were catching up uh, last week and I just thought I should have her on because uh, she's one of the most impactful people in my life. When I had some, spent some time in Hong Kong a couple of years ago, she introduced me to everyone, took me around and yeah, made my life amazing. So can you tell me a bit about yourself, Ying Han? Sure. So um, I basically help amazing women and leaders and change makers, like you said, um, reach deep inside themselves, figure out what it is that they actually want, aside from all the things that they've been achieving and, and going for, and then unlock the biggest block to it. Um, it sounds like it's super easy, but there's so many layers to it, especially when it comes to something that you are called to do. So called to do. So how do you define, how do you define being called to do something? And how do I know if I'm being called to do something? Called to do. Yeah. So, so some people in this world, like walk around and they have this feeling that there is something that they're meant to do. That's beyond what they're actually doing in their lives right now. And this feeling is an incessant um, chipping of a brick, almost or chipping on a wood. And it's this feeling that, okay, you have to step out more, have to impact more, or I have to make a difference in the world. And so when you're actually, when you actually have that voice inside of you, it can be extremely extremely annoying and you might not feel like your soul is even there if you're not doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing and so the way that that shows up is sleepless nights um, stress stress eating you know not being fully present not understanding the the reason why you're just feeling a void and bored and uh, and my client was telling me that she felt really numb when she and unfulfilled when she had everything on the outside yeah i identify with that as well like i remember sitting at an office in london like thinking that this is what i wanted to do because i've studied at university to do this thing i'd um went contracting was making really good money but it was the most boring thing sitting there all day every day surrounded by people who were you know, really, really smart people, but I just wanted more. 
Yeah. And, and also the other thing is like after people, let's say have like a couple of successes already and you've gotten everything on your list that you've kind of, you know, set out to do, then you're at another place in your life where you're like, Hey, I, I have my lifestyle. I'm traveling all over the world. I have a good relationship and I have money in the bank and like, you know, what's, what's next. Right. Mm -hmm. And at this point there is a level of self-actualization or a level of, you know, a bigger impact or something inside that is going to make you feel alive because everything else you've already tried and you already have access to. So that's when people come to me. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So they've achieved their mm. goals, but they're not really living in the moment. They're not living in process. They're living in, they, they, they've achieved their goal and they don't know what they want to do next. Is that right? Or not? Yeah. Like nothing makes them feel alive again. Mm. Yeah, I get that. Nothing so, real, at least. Nothing. I mean, there's, there's a lot of external, um, external, mm, so external. That, yeah. So these people come to you. So what do you do with them, to them, around them, <laughs> around them, with them, to them? The short answer to that is I connect them with their truth. Um, we find out what really resonates, what activates their energy. So this is their heart right? And their energy and their heart. This is like my process. And we find out like what it is that truly lights them up. And then we find out how they can integrate that into every single part of their lives. And for people who are running businesses or who are creating new businesses, like how can that business entirely shape around the idea that um, it brings out that unique momentum that they have? So their values, their processes, their way of communication, what they stand for, um, their commitments, their convictions, um, all of that we look at. So it's almost like a total makeover. But internal authentic. makeover. Internal makeover, yeah. So how do you figure that out? How do you figure out what actually motivates somebody? And there's a process. There's a, a couple of processes. So, so not only am I trained in... Um, and formally in some of these, some of these toolkits and modalities. So, you know, coaching and LP, we've got um, like psychology in college and, and innovation as masters and stuff like that. But I'm also trained in specialized, um, have some specialized training in shamanic energy work, intuition, quantum healing, and uh, mindfulness, spirituality. So we bring all of that together. Cool. And yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And I see that in you and I've been to some of your sessions. Uh, I really loved your like meditation and uh, yeah, your kind of combination meditation visualization session, which was really amazing. Um, and I remember when we first met and I went to help you out at the yoga you yoga did. place. <laughs> like I just yeah. met Ying Han at, a, at an event, uh, added her on Facebook, realized we had like 150 in comp friends in common from some online things. And then the next day she invites me to something called her YOLO orgasm. Was it, was it that was that what it was yeah it was and i was like what so the it was hell on is a this super thing? super duper hot day it was a big conference i think there was like at least 60 or 70 people that day right on in that in that space itself and it was scorching hot we didn't even know that there was going to be so much sun everyone was sweating like crazy there was no way that people could sit and meditate for that long and so in the moment i had to switch into like a walking standing meditation just because it was there's like if you sat for like one second you would be burnt <laughs> and so uh that was really fun and the reason why i did Orga orgasm as a content or orgasm as a piece is because like there's this one module in my in my process that's called energy optimization and we actually found that things that activate more energy is the similar concept of pleasure how do i describe it so 
the ability to receive and expand pleasure is equivalent to the amount of energy that you can hold in your body for a woman. And for a man, if you can understand that and you can apply that into your body, you're also able to do that. So we're harnessing energy and aliveness from multiple sources so that when we're actually taking action and we're going for our conversations, negotiations and all that, it brings all of the presence to that. So more presence equals more power. Yeah, I'd agree. And um, I kind of feel like the more like people get into entrepreneurship, they want to make money or they want freedom. And the longer that I've known people who've got into it, they join these different things like, like entrepreneurs organization, dynamite circle, and they all become more and more into self-development and energy personal and development, all about yeah, it. Personal yeah. development, because at the end of the day, like once you've made some money, what's the money for? And like your business you might, is you too, right? Yeah. When you change, then your business changes. Um, and the same thing with money as well. Like the, mon the, the money piece was really interesting because like first when people start making money, it's like for the money itself. Mm -hmm. And then they start realizing like the more people they serve and the more people they help, more money naturally comes. So instead of going for the money alone, it's like the more audiences and the more people people help um, and that they see that trickle in, then they're just like, okay, how can I shift that mindset? How can I increase my ability to help more people um, with who I am. And that's what we get to, right? At the end of the day, it's not what you're trying to be, but it's how you can change and who you are that's attracting your audience. I agree. And how you can connect with people, how you can like, not just influence, but like improve people's lives and connect and help people feel connected. Like, yeah, the more you can do that, the more you can get into anything, whether it's sales or support yeah. or coaching or whatever. So yeah, so so it's really a huge evolution process, and you keep evolving, and and um, yeah, and that's the cool part, right? Like especially in our communities that we know, like we we just keep evolving, and we everyone kind of evolves at the same time, and that resonates with um, with so much more momentum. Yeah, and yeah, I think momentum is the key word there. Like everything is momentum, and the more you build up, the faster things happen, and yeah, that's why I think it's really cool. <laughs> what? What? It's funny uh, because I'm just like, yeah, of course. Of course. So now let's, let's go to the business part of it. Yeah, let's do uh, that. How do you make money? How do I make money? I make it through one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do groups and, um, and, I, and I dabble in like the online space. Hmm. So how do, you, how do you get these clients? How do you drive traffic how, or do you do it in person? Like how does it work? For my main coaching business, it's through referrals and I've been building it through referrals and through invitations and events. So I travel around the world and I create these events and I give people experiences that really, really make a difference in their lives and shift their perspective on something. And then I put them into a funnel slash um, nurturing sequences and just communicate with people. And so I'm doing it one connection at a time um, and multiple connections at a time through my emails. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, it's just like, when I look at the list, I, I like know a lot of the people because, you know, South Africa, we've been doing events. Um, I've been traveling so much, Boston, Thailand, uh, multiple countries. Yeah. Well, and I mean, is it all right? I've asked you about numbers or is that something you want to keep private? I mean, you could, but I, <laughs> I haven't seen my numbers this year yet. My accountant's still putting it together. I mean, how much do you charge for a client? Oh, how much I charge? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not, yeah. your not your total, not your total I was revenue. It's like you want to know my PL. <laughs> um, yeah, do you have a good PL? Do you want any help? No. <laughs> he 
here, let me just screen share that with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much do I charge? Yeah. So for six months is 10,000 and then for a year is 25. And um, how do you, I mean, as a business owner, how do I measure ROI on that? Like, what do you, what do you, I mean, how do you measure ROI from your clients? What do your clients say when they, when they hear that? And also after they work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, so for, for my clients, right? Like we decide what it is that they want and I'm not going to take them if it doesn't inspire them. And the goal is not something that is truly aligned to what they are saying that they want. So, so we, we create that sort of like work order or that agreement together and who they want to transform to become. So a lot of times, like, you know, who they are right now is going to be different from who they will become at the end of the engagement. So for, for, I have business owners who want to create their businesses in a certain way. And in order to do that, they have a goal, um, like a money goal. And then, and then if that were the case, and that's what we focus on. Um, and at the same time, they also have a personal goal. So they want to create the money with ease, with flow, um, with creativity and without, uh, selling themselves out. Right. And so we want to make sure that every single process is aligned to all of those values. Um, the second type of one is more of a, creation, uh, creation kind of an engagement. So for example, if someone wants to, they want to become the best wife or the best husband, um, something like that. I used to work, I mean, I still work with some men, but mostly women. And then it's about, okay, like how can we look at, you know, all the ways of thinking and all of who they are to create that version of them as we are working together. So every time we work together, we just look at, okay, what are you creating in your life and how and why have you created that? And then how can we shift that in order to, um, to have you live, breathe and be, you know, the best version and not even the best version, but actually just be the best husband or be the best friend, partner, sexual partner. So the ROI is really very dependent on the person and what their goal is. Yeah. So, you know. they decide what the, they decide what their return is and what's mm. most important to them. Sometimes it's a money number, but the money number gives them something. And that's, yeah. um, that sometimes is more important for some people. So it's all about setting goals and expectations, and then you work towards that goal or is work towards something else. It's setting expectations, it's setting agreements on what they want. And then the goal is, the goal is to not lie to themselves and just be that version of themselves, right? So, so yes, at the end of the day, they're more connected to themselves, they're more truthful to themselves, and they're living a much easier life and getting all the goals as a result of that. Cool. Yes. It's how that's how they live on a daily basis. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> tell me if I'm too nebulous because this all in my head and it's all like so clear for me but I know like for some someone else who's that's just clear for me I, I know you I know that. you quite well yeah um, but some no, I mean for the audience right because sometimes people are like what do you actually do and I'm just like all right okay I need to be more you know more marketing right. message business no, that's true. <laughs> I mean it's all about I mean like all business I think it's about setting expectations um, I mean, I, I make that very clinical though, when I say you're helping people transform their lives, but setting expectations, they feel like they've achieved what you said, set you're going to achieve. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. But I mean, I feel like if I was working with you, it would be, I want to feel a certain way, like on a right. daily basis rather mm -hmm. than, yeah, I mean, maybe I want to make, 
a 10 X return on my investment, make a hundred thousand dollars. But like in general, yeah, it's, it's more about when I, if I was working with a coach, like how I feel on a daily basis while doing whatever I was doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so if I, if that's a, you want a hundred X, 10 X, whatever that is that you want. And I have clients who have 10 X their stuff before. Right. And they did it in like two months. And I was just like, what? That's amazing. Um, she's amazing. And she's still doing it like consistently on her own. And and right now the thing is the the thing is like the way that I would work with that is like, you know, once you 10x your business or or twenty X or whatever that number may be, how would you feel by the end of that? Right. And then seeing, you know, because there's this there's this disconnect between wanting that and then feeling like you're you're in your best state and then having like these 24 hours of the day and only feeling your best like three hours of the day. Right. So how can we allow the rest of the day to also reflect that accomplishment. Yeah. I've been listening to a book, um, Wayne, uh, Wayne Dyer, one of his like talks. And he talks about that, like the fact that your nervous system knows no difference between if you've achieved something already, or if you just think you've achieved it and like living in that state is possible. If you live from the state of you've already achieved it, um, because your body feels the same way. And yeah, I think I kind of identify with that a bit with what you're saying, like trying to, figure out how you would feel and then feeling like that all the time already. Because in reality, that, yes. external and circumstances then how do you can't find, find anything. And then how do you find motivation once that is mm. attained, right? Because that is the trick question. Because then sometimes people feel so good, they're like, I don't need to do anything anymore. And then, and then we look at the next thing. Mm. That's what yeah. my, well, my coach just said, actually, my, one of my business coaches, he was like, I asked him what it was like to be successful or what he felt like or what drove him. And he said that he doesn't feel successful, that he lives in the process. And I really like that as a kind of an outlook of just living in process, like success is just the happiness in what you do every day. Mm-hmm. Like a money, money is just a number that keeps score rather than, uh, yeah, rather than having to aim for a certain number all the time. Cause it makes no exactly. difference once you get there. Like success isn't about this future point of milestone. Cause once you achieve that milestone, that milestone is over and then you're on the other side and then you're back to, all right, what's the next milestone? What's the next milestone, right? But so how can you feel successful in the moment and how can you create that and distill the success into like one action every day? And then that becomes the driving force of not the driving force, but that becomes the momentum and the, and the fuel to that life. Right. Yeah, completely. And And how can you do that with less and less and less energy? So for me, it's like for our clients, it's all about optimizing it. So it's like, how can you do it with less and less energy, more and more natural? How can you just be yourself? And then that naturally comes because at the end of the day, what's the point of like gearing up so much energy and then like Mm -hmm. pushing it all out and then doing it every single day just for like one milestone? You mean like you don't have two cups of coffee? And then <laughs> Red Bull. I'm off coffee. Well, um, I don't drink alcohol. I mean, I, I can, but I don't need it. And I don't try. I don't do that very often. Well, I'm glad it's like 9am where you are right now. <laughs> That's true too. But I do kombucha. And um, yeah, I'm veggie. And, you know, it's, it's not like I choose to do all these things because I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, super new age hippie. No, it's just because, you know, like at the end of the day, like when you're really connected to like your body rhythms and, and your energy sources, sometimes you just know that what you need and what you don't need. Mm, I get that. Yeah. The more present that I feel, the better I want to eat and the more healthy I want to eat. And the more, that's a giant cup. Is that tea? You don't drink coffee, but you drink buckets of tea. (laughs) Buckets of tea. (laughs) No, very cool.
Organic tea. Organic tea. So, um, how did you start your journey as an entrepreneur, uh, started making money for yourself? Yeah. Um, So I used to be in corporate advertising and we worked for, and I was leading and working with a team that did um, advertisements for IBM, like uh, regionally. And I was also on a global team at one point. Mm. And and the whole the whole time, you know, ever since college, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, I like dated this guy who like was in Silicon Valley and saw him build up his business, and was always intrigued by this idea of like, oh, I can just, they people can create things and then things and that can be their lives, you know, just creating and making um, making stuff up, serving the world, creating value and living. But I was always way too scared to do that. So I got into advertising because I was thinking, okay, I need to learn how to communicate with more people. And, um, and then eventually got sucked into the corporate world and forgot about my goals. And, and then I got, and then I got really sick for 15 years, like a secret disease that I didn't even really like pay attention to. It was uh, eating disorder, bulimia. Mm -hmm. I was like throwing up 10 times a day. I was in secret. Nobody knew about it. My boy, I had like three boyfriends during that time. I was living with them and like, they didn't even know about it. And I was really, really ashamed about it because I was super high achieving at that time I have like three different like I was like major in econ politics like you know environment and I did a master's in innovation I was like one of those like okay just add more degrees add more things maybe this will take care of it maybe I just need to learn more and um, I, I started like working out every single day and um, changed my entire diet only ate salad and did all of that at the age of like 20 like 23 24 um, and then eventually at one point I was just like I'm only operating at maybe, let's say, 20, 30% of what I'm capable of. And I'm in the top advertising agency and I'm having a really good fitness life. And I still have this disease and I'm surrounded by super smart, amazing people. Why am I feeling weird and not happy? Um, And that's when I started to find even more, try to find even more solutions to solve this because I was like, okay, if this were gone, then I would have 80% more time in my life. Um, and then what, what is, what can I be capable of then? Um, anyway, so long story short, I exhausted every single option, Western Eastern medicine, um, isolation tanks, like, um, even went to Peru for ayahuasca and that didn't help. And that was all in disguise as well. I was like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. on a travel trip, but I, I was actually really, really seeking help. And, um, and eventually Eventually was in another plant medicine retreat. Um, it was like a personal one on my own. And I basically, um, with the tools that I had, I had a bunch of coaching hypnosis tools under my belt already, was able to facilitate the whole ceremony myself um, with the support of other pe- uh, people just to like make sure that, you know, I was not dying wonder or anything off. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like in a room. But this was, um, this was actually Iboga. So it was very, very strong. I don't know if I told you this story before. No, I've never heard uh, this story before. You've never heard this story before? So yeah, it was, it's a super strong, it's like if ayahuasca is a grandmother medicine, then Iboga is like the grandfather, super stern, super intense. And I was like, this is it. If I like, if I can't get past my disease, like at this point, there is really no other way out. And I cannot believe that I'm only 20, like, I don't know, like 26, 27 at that time. I forgot. And then I'm just like, I can, I would not be able to imagine my life like 80 more years 
like being with this thing. So I'm just like, I either like, this is it, or I'm going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life, basically. And so I was really ready to give up and do anything to, to get rid of it. It wasn't because of body image. It wasn't because of anything really that I could solve because I'd gone through all of the the possibilities. And then so at that moment, I was like, you know, am I ready to let this disease go? Like there was this one part where, where, you know, you're lying down, you're super nauseous, any single like movement you make would make your whole body nauseous at the peak of it. And, um, and then when I asked that question, when I finally felt like it was okay <laughs> to not be nauseous, um, ironically, yeah, a voice from deep within me like, kind of came up through me. And before my question was even finished in my head, I was like, am I ready to, and then it was like, yes. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I don't even concern this podcast. I was like, holy moly. Um, a voice that I didn't control just came out of me. <laughs> and I was like, I was, and not only, not only was it that, but it was like, it was a full body knowing, like my whole body shook. Like there was no question that I had no question that it had left. And I also had no question that it was going to be gone forever. And I knew in that split second that everything was going to be fine. And I also knew that I not only had to say yes to letting that go, but yes to taking a chance on the ideas that have been bubbling up in me. And so I went back you know, decided I wasn't going to go back to corporate anymore and just jumped in headfirst into sharing all of the work that I'd accumulated in those 10, 15 years and strung them into um, systems and book, a book and um, courses to support people with that. Um, funnily enough, on the way out of that retreat center, I met this other person who was going into it and that he was my, my first client. Oh, okay. He like called me two months later and he was like, dude, that thing you did with me, like I had ringing in my ears for like my entire life and now it's gone. And I was like, cool. That's a, that's a message from the universe. Wow. Awesome. Well, that's amazing. So would you say that's like when the belief that you could do it also came through or any limiting belief you had? I had like no idea if I was going to be able to do it, but I knew for me it was life or death. So I just said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, six months and, and then I'll see where I am in six mm. months. And every so time we got to this, the belief came later. The belief came, the belief came, it was, hmm. It's funny because the belief, every time I wanted to give up, mm. um, someone would, someone would come through or like a client would come through or, um, in the early days, right? Every time I wanted to give up, like a client would come through or someone would be like, holy crap, like, you know, I'm so glad I worked with you. My life has changed and this is where I'm at. Like someone who I haven't heard from like in a year or something like that. So that's when the belief slowly started to materialize. Like when I knew the amount of impact and the amount of transformation that people have had. That's amazing. Uh, but so the, the first part, would you say that you made the change because the pain was too great from the previous life and the previous job. And that's why you want to do it. Or what was your real motivation for wanting to put all this content that you'd be learning together and actually help people? Hmm. I just say, I say that because I, the reason I think the reason that a lot of people may change, the reason I made my initial change to work for myself was because the pain of the past was too great. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? And what am I going to do if I do this every day? Like, I don't want to do this every day. So I want to do something to make this change. 
Um, and you know, it's the whole Tony Robbins, the whole personal development thing. People don't make a change until the pain of the past is too great or the pain of their vision of the future is too great and they want to do something. And I remember being really, really like upset and kind of like almost like, yeah, depressed because I couldn't express what I wanted. You know what I mean? Like so, I was so inside my own head, I couldn't express why I was doing it, like quitting my job when 2014, whatever, 2014 um, to do this because I... Yeah, it was just so unhappy in what I was doing at the time. You see, the thing is, I wasn't unhappy. I was actually in the best team, in the best firm. And and it, I don't know how to describe it. You know, I would love to say, like, I hated my job and stuff like that. But I didn't, you know. And so for me, it was more about, like, I didn't see a future in it. And I couldn't see myself wanting the things that people were telling me that was status driven or, you know, a promotion. Like I wasn't like for a moment, you know, for, for a while I was like, okay, let's serve more people. Like, you know, let's help the clients better. Like, because I want to help them on a higher level and I want to like, you know, manage more projects and things like that. But then at some point I was like, but where does all of this lead to, you know? And I just couldn't, I just couldn't dedicate and give everything that I had to something that I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel a direct contribution in mm. terms of like making the world a better place in I mean perhaps maybe on a higher level like when you're an executive level you can kind of connect those dots a little bit better mm. um, if you're managing like I don't know tens and thousands of people or, or what um, however at that point like for me like I felt like I wanted to get much closer to the transformation within the human mm. so it sounds to me like you actually wanted to contribute more but a lot of the, I mean, the way I see it, a lot of the reason to get ahead in corporate is not contribution. It's because you want the status, you want the money, you want all that stuff. It may just not have been aligned in that sense, right? Yeah, yeah. because I mean, yeah, I mean, to be honest, what I wanted was I didn't care about the status. I just wanted something to feel special at the time. Like I wanted to make more money. I wanted to have freedom and not live my life on anyone else's terms. And that exactly. wasn't necessarily the most, you know, worldly and holistic motivation <laughs> but it's what got me moving in the first place and yeah I'm, and also I'm i was getting interviews that. like a lot of my friends in the industry were like you know 10 15 years older than me at that time i was hanging out with all these people who were who are much much more my senior and they were freaking amazing smart genius cookies you know and they were leading amazing teams and so when they heard that i was like leaving the company or mm. looking for a new place like they offered me interviews and we were talking about analytics and it was really really fun and and I, I would love to work for them. Like I worked for people. I didn't work for the role, you know? And so when I realized that I was like, okay, like I, I really need to find something that was naturally motivating towards me and just made me feel alive again. So, yeah. So Ooh. I decided to do, and I'm creative by nature. So don't Joy, I've seen your paintings. <laughs> yeah, I have them right which here. We gonna, which we, oh, really going to show them? Yeah, we're we gonna talk. We talk about it in like five minutes. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, go. What else oh. do we talk about? Uh, well, so what I really want to say was like, um, like I wanted to ask you what you've seen at the moment because because this is all about business and yeah. Um, so the two questions I had actually one was yeah. how long was it before you like replaced your full time income with a with your business income? So there were months. There were mm. months where where I definitely exceeded the in the the full-time income. 
Um, and I think it was either a year, a year and a half. I'm giving you really rough ballparks. That's okay. Um, yeah, a year, a year and a half into it when I started to realize that this, this is actually, I can live off of it um, for a, a while. I mean, I've never went into... I never went into debt the whole time, right? Mm. And so the whole thing was basically positive in terms of cash flow, or I also had savings. And so that kind of contributed towards it. Um, but it wasn't until, I think the thing that took off the most was 2000, like two years into it. Mm two and a half years into it, I wrote the book and I did all these things to build, um, to build momentum mm. in the first two years. And then, and then I got a couple of large clients and helped them build things that I did in five years in, you know, in, in six months. And that's when I started seeing a lot more return on, um, return clients, returning people and, um, and return on my time, really, like yeah, the time yeah. that we spent, like, you know, the time that I spent learning all this stuff and like delivering it in a short amount of time, that I, that's when I saw the, the benefit really come through. The and transformation work as well. Some people like talk to, talk to coaches, talk to therapists, they take like years to get to where we get because, hmm. because there's a way to collapse all of that timeline. If you've gone through so many different transformations, you kind of know the structure um, and the place that people need to get to as well. Mm. Does that um, help? No, it helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, like I'm just shrinking. Just, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it, it makes a lot of sense. 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 Yeah. So you're, you're taking all of your experience and shrinking down all you've learned into a very short amount of time. And I experienced that when time. I came to your yeah. meditations and you like many different techniques all kind of sandwiched together. Sandwiched together, shrink down, streamlined, and then being able to identify quite quickly, like what things someone needs to work on to kind of get back in alignment get back into themselves and their full power. But because, because it's a coaching business, did you have to invest much into any like assets to run the business apart from obviously yourself and your own training? I invested a lot in myself um, assets in terms of, I mean, it's business mostly assets. online, like, you know, hmm. booking, booking systems, webpage, hosting sites, yeah. <laughs> Dropbox, you know, file, it just those yeah. little things that, that make the business, keep the business running. I mean, I have a team, hmm. Cool. Yeah, I know your team. Um, all right. So what I really want to dive into kind of as the thing which I really want to talk to you about was your mm -hmm. vision and your planning methods. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I remember when we were in Hong Kong and we were uh, hanging out and I saw your vision board and I was like, wow, I would love to one day make a vision board. So I Googled how to make a vision board and uh, then immediately gave up because I have no art supplies. And I'd be great if there was some online software that made you an amazing vision board. But then I think it wouldn't work the same because I'd just be Googling stuff and then shoving it on. Um, but yeah, I was wondering if you could chat a bit about how you kind of set your goals and vision and how it works because I don't actually know. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, so I get a little bit background around this, right? Like I started when I was going through those dark nights of the soul in those early days. The first thing I actually turned to was... <laughs> It's so cliche and I almost poo-poo it now, but no, I'm not going to. Um, so in 2008 or something like that, it was the first time I came across, I think it was the secret or law of attraction. And I was like, okay, 
Like I need to hold this energy of what I'm visualizing. And at that time I was like in this college dorm room and I was just like writing my thesis. And I was like, how can my thesis like contribute to like the world? <laughs> how can I make this impactful? Like how, wh- what's the use of this, you know? And so I was like dreaming up these big dreams and thinking, okay, how can my work on this thesis make that? And I was like, okay, I've got to kind of visualize it. And so, so from there I started creating a process of, um, actually, I write, I write this in this, like, you only live once book. Like, there's this one process that I did, which was, like, pull up an Excel spreadsheet. And every single time I felt depressed, annoyed, um, and and I tell, and all my clients do this right now as well. Like, every time they feel uncomfortable, like, you'll just write down, like, what it is that you actually want. Because every time that you have something that you don't want, you have something that you do want. Mm. There's always an opposite side of that. And so I have this list of, like, a 100, and I was presenting this in San Francisco, um, in front of like this big group of people in 2015, I think I had like at that point, 160 something items on that list. And it's been accumulated over a couple of years. And then now there's even more, but the thing was that 50, 60% of it has been done. And so I call it the YOLO happy list, right? You're, you only live once happy list. So every time you don't want something, a new thing emerges. Um, I remember like seeing the things on the list was like, Oh, make my first like cold call or like, you know, uh, speak at an event. I used to be so scared of speaking and I literally jumped head first and booked myself a speaking engagement with like a whole room of people in this like TED talk like environment before I even knew how to do that. So anyway, long story short, make a list of all the things that you want that that kind of is birthed out of all the things that you don't want. And then once you have that, like take all the ones out that have, I put a column for deadlines as well, deadlines, due dates, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then embody that energy. I have a video on my YouTube channel there's like 300 videos. Like one of them is like vision board part one. <laughs> and, okay. I didn't know it was that. You got so many videos. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm trying to see like what people watch and, um, or I'm, I'm looking at it and seeing what people are actually engaged with. And then, so the visualization, there's a visualization part where you bring in the energy, you bring in the version of you that has all of these things. And then once you have that, you go through, you go through whatever images you can find and you pick out images that kind of resonate and, uh, and you can experience that with. So if you're a visual learner, that's, that would work for you. But if you're not, are you visual? Uh, yes. You are? Okay. So then that will work for you. But like, if you're audible, then maybe it's like having a song and like multiple songs that kind of present that. If you are um, someone who like is ID, which is like information, like um, uh, information, kinesthetic is touch. Mm. So then if you're touch, then you you can touch like vision board kind of works as well because you can touch it and Mm. can put textures on it and stuff like that. Um, But if you are ID, which is like information, then like people like words um, and ideas that, that are more uh, like that are literal. So anyway, so you take all the pictures, you find it, and then you paste it on a board. Um, and then you meditate, you bring it in, and then you basically supercharge it with your intentions. And so every time the thing was like, I had a big goal and, and I wanted, you know, best sex in my life and um, beautiful partnership, really amazing clients, good community team that really supported me. You know, I went through like six, seven people in like three months um, last year. And I, I have an amazing, amazing 
team right now. Like I can't even imagine, like it's just, they're so supportive and you know, all of those different things. And then you put them all in here and you find representations of them and you want to, you want to basically show what is it you actually feel at the end of it. Um, and then you, and then you put it together and you make it into one piece. A lot of people's vision board. (laughs) Thank you. A lot of people's vision board is, um, it's very like square. And that was like kind of my first, my first collage. Mm. It was like super squarish and, um, and, and I didn't really like it. I wanted something that I could look at and I could tune into, to what I wanted every day uh, visually, um, energetically. And I also do that with my meditations, right? So Mm. then like energetically, I'm like tuning into it. Yeah. This is not the web, the uh, vision board that I saw of yours before. I thought you were going to show the one that I saw before. Yeah. Oh, that one. That okay. So that one was was like body, but that one is in Hong Kong. It's in storage right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that one. So it's it's really funny because I like look back at it and um, and and my clients do it as well. Mm -hmm. And you look back at it and you don't realize how far you've come. Like most people forget how far they've come. I mean, I'm sure like when you look back at your life as well, like you're just like how did I get here? You know what I mean? Yeah, like in sure. such a yeah, short yeah. amount of time, you're like, I actually came pretty far. Yeah. Life has changed completely. And that's why I think like, what is life going to be like in 10 years time, let alone 20 or 30 years time, because in five years time, all these crazy, amazing things have happened. Um, even in the last six months, like these like huge, huge steps forward. And like, if you can make this much progress in six months, like what happens in 20 years? And I feel yeah. like that's why people like who hopefully listen to the show or watch this show. Also, I want them to think like, we're not the people that sit at a desk and don't make any progress. Like if you can carry on making progress until you're like in your sixties, imagine how much progress you can make. Cause I mean, in reality, it's only 10 years goals. ago we were at university, like only <laughs> university, like and it feels like so much has happened in the last 10 years. Yeah, one of the goals that I have, like when I'm 80, I'm still having like a full life, you know, like Mm. I'm active, like still like connecting intimately with like the people around me, happy, laughing, you know, some of those things. And when I think about it, I'm just like, all right, like what do I want to be like when I'm 80, you know, and, um, and a lot of, a lot of that is, is understanding like, like how you want your life style to be. Completely. Yeah. And I, I. I don't actually know what my lifestyle I want to be like when I'm 80. Cause I think that'll, that'll probably change when I'm like 70 and 75 and like, probably, but it'll be a lot simpler for sure. But it's like, okay, well then what would matter to me? Okay. The people mm. around me would matter to me the most. My health would matter to me. So what can mm. I do today to like, to, to already have that in check so that I have less things that I need to get when I'm there. Oh, for sure. And I, I thought like five years ago, I kind of envisaged what I have now, but I can't, sometimes it's hard to envisage like how far you could go. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, like, yeah. A lot, lot happens in five years. What happens in 50 years? Yeah. Super cool. So what I was thinking is one last thing is your routine. Do you have oh, a yeah, routine? routine yes. like, how's it, how's it work? So, so in the mornings I do meditation and I do that shamanic meditation that basically connects me to my heart and, um, and all of actually take my entire community through that right now. Every day. Um, you take your community every day. And so what's a shamanic meditation? Because I <laughs> sure. barely know what that word means. And I've only heard it a few times recently being in Bali. <laughs> okay. Um, 
it's a combination of, so mine is not like a pure one either. So if you were to do like old school um, lineage style pure ones, um, there are usually ceremonies that are, that are much longer. So they, uh, it's like a, you create a space that allows for transformation to happen. However, mine's much, much shorter. And the one that I do incorporates a lot of other techniques, but the goal of it is to connect to yourself and then get guidance from within yourself. So for example, the way that I've been applying um, most people, what they do for meditation and mindfulness is they come to a place where their minds are quiet. And so they stop thought. And when you stop thought, then new inspiration can come in, or it's just for you to calm down and de-stress, right? That's like the goal of the non-goal of meditation is just to (laughs) not expect anything and just sit there in silence. Mindfulness is what I was trained in with um, Thich Nhat in 2008 as well. And then and then, um, and then what I do in my meditations with my community is I basically help people process energy, process blocks in their bodies on a daily basis. Um, they can do it on themselves, like do it on their own with some of the recordings that we have, or they can join some of the live ones. Right now, at the time of this recording, we're going through Corona times. And so I'm just doing my personal practice and I'm inviting people to join me. And so they can join in and experience that together and um and the way that it works is you just sit there and you process stuff and um and you come back to reality fully charged up um, or calm down or just a little bit more empty than you were before Mm -hmm. you went in Um, and that's the goal of it because at the end of the day you can't really take on more things in your life if you're full of stress or if you're Mm -hmm. full of um, tension and especially the unconscious stuff so that's what it takes care of mainly. Um, the, the meditations, we've also used them to, or the processes, I've also used them to help people reach their highest selves. And sometimes, and most of the time, and all of the time, actually, what happens is that you get much clearer answers. So for business owners, like, you know, I use them to help people find their purpose, help people find if it's a yes or a no to certain questions. Um, it's it's a process that takes your information fields and, and have you connect to it so that you hear the answers that are intuitively available within you. So it's like another source of information. It's not like people are like, oh, does this work for everybody? Um, so if you're heavily, heavily left brain, and then it requires you to let go of that control to be able to tap into this more right brain slash, you know, open form of interpretation of yourself yeah i think in the past that was definitely me and still is me quite a lot i i like control a lot um but yeah so is there anywhere online that people can experience that with you is that do you have any recordings or live yeah so you can find me on insighttimers.com slash yinghan y-i-n-g-h-a-n I also have a YouTube channel that's <laughs> that I made long time ago that is Flaming Girl One. Really? And I, I, I didn't know, yeah. know it was Flaming Girl One. Okay, so it's like youtube.com slash F L A M I N G U R L One. And, you know, they've changed the YouTube rules now. So you can, I can't even change that behind thing. That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> it's still that. It used to be my AIM. Uh, oh, yeah. Good job I didn't get mine. I had the worst AIM ever. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it publicly. <laughs> what is it? I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after the call. 
I had one that was called Hot Flames <laughs> with like Big Z, Little Z, and then the A was an at. <laughs> so, wow. And then, then you sent all those, like the, the, uh, all of the emojis into like swirling into, pans like, and swirl. stuff. Yeah. It was definitely those days. Oh, yeah. man. That puts us in age. Um, yeah. So, so, so it's really, really deep work. And so in the mornings, that's what I do. Um, I, I've been, I've been doing intermittent fasting as well. So, um, but a little bit extended. So yeah. So just not eating for, for a portion of the day, like percentage of the day, and then only eating within a percentage of the day. Usually it's like Mm. eight hours, 16 hours. So that's something that, um, yeah, I drink, drink tea, and um do yoga sometimes do a bunch of like movement stuff and um and then i'm at the desk or well, i do gratitude journals and um, journals. and i plan my day how many how many gratitude journals do you do i have one gratitude journal and then i have like one that's just free writing mm, cool yeah i think like i like that idea of doing the journal i go on and off doing it like for a while i do it then i completely don't do it and i do it again it's like, especially when you're going through like a painful moment, especially like, you know, if mm. my clients are going through heartbreak or like they're going through like really, really stressful moments, like that really, really helps like set the tone of the day. So I highly mm. recommend doing that when you're like in a big dark place. And then, and then when you start getting in a lighter place, like most people just throw it away or like they just ignore it or forget about it. And that's the time where it's really important to do it too. Mm. Cause then you actually see the patterns and you can start analyzing and it'd be like okay like the dark times last like this long and then and then it has a shift and then it starts going into it again or if you keep doing it like other patterns it's like understanding the seasons of your emotions yeah and that would be really useful because yeah when you're feeling good you can never imagine feeling bad and when you're bad you can never imagine feeling good and i've read some of my previous entries from when i was doing it and like i don't remember being that sad on that day (laughs) i don't remember like why i why i was blaming myself for being so mean to uh andy my wife at that day. I don't remember why, but I obviously was at that time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it brings you back. Sometimes I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, okay, let's bring myself, uh, bring us out of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so structure, so structure. meditation, movement, journaling, movement, journaling, not eating, drinking lots of tea, not eating, drinking lots of tea. Yeah. And then, um, and then set, set the three things I want to get done for the day. Um, the three things do you, how do you write do you write them down or do you what do you do with them i do the uh, three things yeah inside of the oh. journal oh cool what journal is it is it a specific journal yeah yeah the it? five minute journal oh you um, do the five, five minute five journal minute, okay i do use five minute journal sometimes i use the productivity planner but mostly just the five minute journal and then um and then i use my calendar i have a bunch of stuff like in my calendar that i need to do mm. and then i either delegate it to my team or i just do them cool and, and then, are you a good manager Define good measure. Um, I, we yes. get things done. Yeah, yeah, that means yes. It's better than yeah. me. <laughs> we get things done. Um, I feel like my my team is my team is amazing. So like mm. sometimes like I count on them like for a lot of things actually. Yeah. And they're very reliable, so it's it's really awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and you inspire people to be reliable as well. I can tell that. She's so cute. Like you know, she she like labeled her Trello board. Um, her name is Ria, and so she named it Reliable Ria. Uh, one of them, and it's just so cute. And I, I was just, and she was just like, "Yeah, it's just a reminder for me." And I was like, "That's awesome!" So you know, I'm just like, "That's that's wonderful that that's your, that's your um, aspiration." So mm. that was like the first week when she started working, and I was like, "Oh, 
yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I hope we can all find more employees like that. She's wonderful. And then, um, and then just collaborations with people. I'm constantly connecting with people. And um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's like, mm. uh, uh, sometimes it's like a few days of silence. And the silence also helps with um, like, look, uh, getting a big picture and perspective onto your business rather than being like in the day to day as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I agree. Like when it, this whole Corona period started, I had so many catch up calls with people. Like I had like 20 calls in two weeks uh, because I overbooked my calendar. I just put a post on my Facebook and then chatted with everyone for like an hour. Uh, and then I was, I've just had since then, I've had like a week and a half of like one or two calls. And it's been so nice because <laughs> I was busy. But you know what I mean? When you're, bu- you know what I mean? When you're busy, but not actually productive because I was just chatting all the time. It was really good. It was really nice to understand what people are going through. Uh, but yeah, after that much talking, it was nice to have a little break. Yeah. And then I talked to you and yeah, not that many, not that many people in the last two weeks. I'm just thinking like what our audience right now can benefit from the most. Hmm. I'm thinking that. How to okay, find so, you. How to find me. I mean, you, you already know where to find me. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, ying.muse, um, insight timer or email. Hmm. I'm Maybe, maybe not so much email because I have to go delete stuff to make more room. It's getting full and I am freaking like a Google drive, right? Like I don't want to buy more things because I have oh, like, like um, two bucks, Dropbox. 50 a month. Just, just yeah, buy it. But, like, I have, buy it. but I have like um, Dropbox and I don't use half the stuff. So then I have to pick out all the things that I don't want and put them all. Oh, it's $2.50 the a month. Just, just, just keep it growing. That's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. I've got like it's gigabytes. It's just growing this giant pile of crap. Let's grow forever. I'm just like these. Like, I'll be 80 years years. old. I'll be buried under cloud storage. Gosh, Um, but yeah, if if there's anything you take away from today, it's that your your goals and your body is not just what you see. Um, There's definitely something deeper that drives you, and if you can find that and unlock that, then your life would be so much easier. So the goal, like the success that we're talking about, and that um, that I believe in, is not just pure money or pure you know, um, tangible things, but it's all the intangible things in your life as well that make you feel alive, that make you feel happy in a sustained basis, not like momentary and uh, transcendence, you know. So it's like transcending all of the things. And, um, and it happens in relationships and it happens in personal growth. So that's like the, the gist of what I hope you can get out of this. And, and, I, and I hope that you can also realize that there's an inner voice inside of you that actually has the capability to support you. So when I heard that voice that came out of me, yes, right? That inner voice is what I'm connecting with every single day. And it helps me make decisions and it helps my clients make decisions and it can help you too. Like I'm sure, you know, a lot of, a lot of men, they talk about like gut feeling, right? And they just know intuitively, um, instinctually is what the words that you use, um, what's the right decision and what's the right partnerships to make. And when you can hear those voices, it's much easier, um, especially when you're at a higher level and you have so many more things to process and analytics and, um, and, and numbers and, um, and decision-making processes. So, so when you can get that, that's a, another source of information. So that's the main thing. That I want to describe. Of course, like <laughs> I could open up a whole new door about quantum healing, but that can be another conversation. That can be another conversation with so much, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, and you, that we could talk about. But yeah, I mean, you've been an amazing guest, Ying Han. So thank you so much for coming on the on the show. 
Um, of course. This will be live whenever I edit it. So I will, uh, I'll share it to you. All and right. thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Thanks.